Hey, welcome to Vine Church Fort Myers podcast. We are glad that you took time to listen. We pray that the message of grace empowers you today. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and on. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things. Some version says, doing the good things you want to do. 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality. Now I... I like the fact that God is very nosy. God wants you to be part of our intimacy in every aspect. There is no secret room that God is not there with you. In the Old Testament, you're going to find a lot of regulations and saying on the matters of our sexuality. So yes, your sex life matters to God. Then he brings another block of works of the law, or works of the flesh, idolatry, sorcery. Now, this speaks about the attempt of the flesh of reaching out to the spiritual world without God. It's just an attempt, useless and fruitless, into trying to experience the supernatural, but on its own. Then the longest list, the greatest list here of the works of the flesh that is regarding relationships, people around us. And look the list, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger. Yes, explosion of anger. anger. So Ephesians, Paul says, be angry, but do not sin. So fits of anger, fits on sinning as you get angry. So... It's not a problem to get angry, but it's a problem to explode in brutality, into violence, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy. Verse 21. And then we get the last part of the list. Drunkenness and orgies. In other words, things regarding our diet. Seriously, God? Even in my diet, you wanted to have a saying? Yes, God wants to be part in every aspect of our life. Say amen, everybody. And things like this. In other words, Paul is not giving us an exhaustive list. He's saying that uh, he's not putting all the works of the flesh here. But he's bringing, in in summary, some of the works of the flesh. And he says, I warn you, verse 21 is still... I, as I warn you before, that those who do such things or keep in practice, have this works as a lifestyle, as a practice of your daily life, I warn you that will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit, so notice that it is a singular fruit, is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And uh, some scholars believe that 
all the remaining lists after the word love is just a sub product are just like a subcategories of the genuine fruit of the spirit which is love and we're going to explain that but i like to approach in a sense that when the fruit of the spirit bears manifests comes forth from you it comes in a bundle say amen it comes in a one single package it's not in compartments and he says such things against such things verse 23 there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Close your eyes. Father, we believe that your word is the truth. And we want to open our hearts to receive the power within these words. We believe that your word is an active word that operates within our hearts. So we yield to you, Holy Spirit. Just take over as we listen and meditate. We want to be transformed into the image, into the likeness of Christ. We open our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. The title of my message is The Walk of Grace. The, the lifestyle of grace is a spirit-filled life. Say amen. This is, this is very important because we are studying the Galatians and we are receiving all this paradigm of grace. We are going deeper into the understanding of grace. And some people are just taken for granted. And, and, and understanding new theology and new doctrine and new concepts of religion. Instead of taking these truths and understanding that it should result. It should manifest it eventually in your life as an expression of a spirit-filled life. As a spirit-led life. A grace-filled church. It is a spirit-filled church. Are you guys with me? So we're not here just to study the word of God. For the sake of scholarly understanding. We're here to be transformed by this understanding. By this knowledge. So it's very important that we understand that. Within the word of God. We have the life of God together. Which is his spirit. Alright. So let me clarify this even better for you guys. Because a spirit filled. A life overflowing of the spirit. It, not, it is not meant to be. Uh, it's not meant to happen. With moments of ecstasy. Even though these moments of ecstasies of overflowing and like we name our conference as a breakthrough moments they are very important actually we seek those moments and we promote those moments in our church ephesians chapter 5 paul saying to that church the importance of those moments he says do not get drunk with wine paul is saying look life is tough like the, the, your work is a very demanding place. 
that once in a while, everybody needs a break. Come on, somebody, say amen. amen. Like, you need that break. Like, oh, man, I need, because it's been so much demanding, so much pressure. I don't have all the answers that my family is asking. My marriage is making such a pressure on me that I actually don't know how to handle that. I need a break. I need a cope mechanism. And Paul is saying, it is okay. Everybody needs a cope mechanism. However, don't go after the, the suggestions and the options that the world provides. Don't get drunk. Don't get high. Don't get the booze that the world provides. Because in, in the end of this, looking for relief, you're going to just find debauchery. More emptiness that you, ended, that you were uh, in the beginning of the process. But then he suggests a, another way to get your break. Come on. Anyone in the house need a break? Paul says, let me give you an advice. Let me give you another cope mechanism that you can do it and always find genuine relief. Stress-free moment. Be filled with the Spirit. Isn't that good? In other words, it is super okay for you sometimes call to some brothers of your life group and say, hey, what's up? Let's get some drinks of the Spirit tonight. What do you mean? Yeah, we just won the next verse. I just want to, with you, my brother, to address you with some psalms. I just want to sing together some worship song. What about, instead of, if you don't know any, any worship song, what about we just sing spiritual songs? What about we just sing or make it? make some melody because I don't know the lyrics, so I'm just going to make some sound. What about we just hang out to get drunk in the spirit? Verse 20, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you have to try that. that. That's why our church, once in a while, we promote a small, stress-free uh, cope moment every other month we are promoting the worship night is a moment for you to come and get drunk seriously to you get that break you need that's why once in a while we promote the conference i'm inviting you insisting with you it's just a moment of breakthrough of relief in the presence of god that's why we are spirit uh, searchers we are after the presence the manifested presence of the holy spirit say amen everybody amen. a sp uh, grace filled church is a spirit filled church now i don't want you uh, overemphasize this ecstasy moments this overflowing moments they are important and we're gonna have moments like that but Paul in Galatians, different than Ephesians, he's saying a spirit-filled life is more than moments. But it's meant to be a walk. Are you guys with me? Just walk in the spirit. And you're not going to end it up empty by the works of the flesh. By, you're not going to get tired and exhausted by the demands of the flesh. We were blended together with the Holy Spirit. In other words, the spirit of God is yielded is um, amalgamated is blended together just like the eggs the flowers and the ingredients that after cooking turns into a bake in a cake i'm sorry after baking turns into a cake and after that 
baking process. You cannot set apart the ingredients that now we are all mixed together and became one unit. 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says, but he who is joined, who is uh, uh, welded, who is amalgamated to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. A spirit-filled life, it is a lifestyle. Yeah, we have moments, but Paul and the Word of God is inviting us for a lifestyle, a walk instead of moments. Now, we have to change the order of the things we understand of how to walk by the Spirit. Galatians 5.16 says, But I say, walk by the Spirit. And therefore, you're not going to gratify, you're not going to end it up into these problems of the flesh. In other words, because you are born again, you, 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 don't, you don't have pleasures anymore on the things of the flesh. But don't try to reestablish the law, Galatians. Don't try to bring the Mosaic law and the rules and the regulations, the 613 commandments, trying to reform you, reshape you, uh, 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 enhance yourself on your own strength. Don't do that. The way to change your personality, to change your uh, behavior, that, that, that uh, aspect of your temper that is really bothering you, and you, have, you probably know this more than anybody else, is probably bothering your spouse a lot, and because she already talked to you about that, and you're trying your best to fix that, but Paul says, no, 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 don't try to reform you through the commandments of the law, don't do that, but simply walk by the Spirit. So the solution for the problems of the flesh is never the law. Actually, if we try to fix ourselves uh, using the law strategy, in other words, the reforming on my own effort, I will actually strengthen even more my flesh. Why? Because when I believe that I can uh, reform myself, I can transform myself, I get that little piece of glory that comes together with pride. And with that pride, I will demand, pay attention, I will demand my spouse to correspond in the same way. And I'm going to demand over my children to change in the same way I think I'm changing. And I'm going to be very bossy and very uh, hard people to deal with. I'm going to be that friend that nobody wants to be around. Because now I think I fix myself. And now I believe in that is something good. There is something good still in my flesh. Let me give you the ultimatum. Romans chapter 7. Paul says, I know. Everybody say, I know. That nothing. Come on. Good dwells in me. Tell to your spouse. Tell to the brother close to you. Nothing good dwells in you. Actually, you don't need to say this to your spouse because she already told you this before you came to the service, right? She or he probably told you that before you came to this service. Nothing dwells in you. But you know that. Now, Paul, Paul really realized that. And you should come to this, moment, to this place that in you, that is in your flesh, in my flesh. I have the desire to do what is good, but I don't have the power within, the ability to carry it out. So the, and it's very important because some people are afraid of a committed, involved, a, 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 a godly 
Christian life because they think they have to pretend. They have to live that false hypocrisy lifestyle. They, they think that is about make-believing. But no, the Christian life is meant to be a spontaneous life. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Now pay attention, verse 18. And all this, everybody say all this. Now they were all good. All transformation I need, all good things I'm looking for is from God. Who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So there is only one method. Yeah, that is important to say because as a pastor and counselor, there's a lot of people that come, Pastor, how can I overcome such and such sinful urges and pressures within my, my youth flesh? Pastor, I don't, I don't know how to control that temper. Like I really struggle, Pastor, with my uh, identity. Pastor, I, I'm having this personality disorder. By the way, every time... Every time someone is controlled, led, has this flesh-filled life, the world outside, we're going to themselves probably create another name that is not in the Bible. They're probably going to call as a psychological problem. No, no, no. You just have a temper disorder. Maybe it's just a personality disorder, but the Bible calls the works of the flesh. They don't call something else. Just call what it is. And you say, but how, how can I change that? Give me, give me the formulas, Pastor. You're a, you're a physicist. Just give me the right formula to fix this problem. But the, the method, the formula of the Word of God, it is walk by the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. What is, how, how this is in practice, Pastor. I want to see the practicability of that. Matthew 26, Jesus saying, verse 41 Watch and pray. Watch and pray that you may not even enter into temptation. I, I don't know about you, but the Lord's Prayer, Jesus, in, the, in teaching us how to pray, He says, And Father, deliver me to fall into temptation. But here in Matthew 26, He's teaching us a way to not even be tempted. To not even get into temptation. How do I do that? Be conscious. Try to, in moments in your day... Just to stop and intentionally turn yourself to the Spirit. Why? Because the Spirit indeed is willing. But the flesh is weak. Let me emphasize this better in Colossians 4.2. Continue to pray, being watchful with thanksgiving. Find opportunities, moments to thank God. Just find moments to pray. Pray all the time. That's what the Bible actually says in Ephesians 6.18. Praying, praying at all times. Seriously, how am I going to do that? Praying at all times. Yes, I'm in the shower and I say, God, I'm taking this shower, but I know it's the blood of Jesus that washed my sins away. Oh, God, I'm entering this car, but I know it's the word of God that is the lamp for my feet and guides me all my path. God, thank you because the air I breathe, you gave me this air so I can unite my voice with all creation to worship and praise your name. I find opportunities to pray all the time time but here in Ephesians as many scholars believe and I as well he's saying that I should look for opportunities to pray in the spirit and to be precise here most scholars believe he's speaking about praying tongues 
So Paul is instructing us that we should look opportunities to, in the middle of my day, to simply pray in tongues. I'm not insisting to some people that say, I don't know how to pray in tongues. It's because it's not something that you learn in a school. It's something that you receive and do and in practice. Okay, you don't, you don't, you don't see any fish having a, a swimming class to learn how to swim. They just, because it's within their nature, they swim. I'm just inviting you within, like in the midst of your day, like the, in your lifestyle, you stop and search the spirit. You just breathe deep and call the name of the Lord. Just say, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. This is the day you created for me. You just find opportunities to, to breathe out, okay, to exhale and, and, and through the, the blowing of the air. Coming out of your mouth, you're going to find opportunities to give thanks, to be filled with the Spirit. Okay, for those that have an Apple Watch, anybody have an Apple Watch? Your Apple Watch reminds you to breathe. How many of you guys have received that thing? It's crazy, but it reminds you to breathe. Like we got to this point, right, that the devices need to remind us to breathe. Now, I don't know if you know this. I always look, find this opportunity to say that what the... Um, Scientists behind, behind this idea is that we need that mindful moment during our days. And my watch actually reminds me a couple of times because probably it measures my heart beat rate and say, you are very anxious. You need a break. And it reminds me, just give yourself a deep breath. That's, that's I think, what it is. But I found that a great way to remind me to turn to the spirit. Maybe you don't know that. But the word spirit in Greek in the New Testament means pneuma, means air, means wind, means breath. So if since he's reminding me to give a deep breath, why I not simply turn myself? Oh, I just feel of the spirit. I'm just going to turn to the spirit. I know it's trying to make me to be mindful, but I'm going to be spirit filled. Just find your way. Just put alarms on your device. And turn yourself, doing your day, praying all times. Now, we need to recognize there is a battle within our being, our hearts. And that's why Galatians 5.17 says, For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. Now, the Portuguese version, at least the Revista Almeida en Atualizada... Uh, translated, and I'm making a literal translation of the Portuguese version I grew with, says in a very interesting way, says that the desires of the flesh set a military campaign against the spirit. The, the, the works of the flesh, the desires of the flesh, milita, sets a military campaign against the spirit and the spirit desires what is against the flesh or they are opposed to each other so we have to come to the conclusion there is a battle within us many times during the day now the main militia the main weapon into uh, the flesh endeavors against our spiritual life is a lie which lie the lie that if you practice the works of the flesh, you're going to find satisfaction. You're going to find peace. You're going to find some goodness. 
And he tries to deceive us, saying, you know, the will of God is not as good, is not as pleasurable, is not as satisfying as the works of the flesh. That's why we need to repent. We need metanoia. We need a change of mind. Look what it says in Romans chapter 12. Do not be conformed to this world, verse 2, but be transformed, be converted, metanoia, transform of your mind by the renewal of your mind. By testing, you may discern what is the will of God. And you're going to find out that the will of God is good. Say, the will of God is good. The will of God, come on, is acceptable. Say, the will of God is perfect. Some version says it's pleasing. It's satisfying. Now, we have to believe that. And I'm going to be honest, until you don't experience the will of God in that level of experience, you're going to still be tempted to believe in the lies of the works of the flesh. No, the works of the flesh are more satisfying. You need to change your mind. Now, let's go to the works of the flesh because it's a list. And I like the way Paul brings up. He says, uh, there's no much need to explain the works of the flesh. He actually opens, opens up saying, the works of the flesh, verse 19, are evident, are obvious. I, I don't need to teach you that because we were born with this sinful nature. So we are very well acquainted with the works of the flesh. I'm not going to spend much time with it. And that's why, again, he even closes the list of the works of the flesh saying, and things similar and, and, and things like this. Because I'm not going to spend my writings and my time with you explaining the works of the flesh. So very fast, he divides in pretty much four groups over here. The number one, the first group, he opens up saying sexual immorality. So he's speaking about this word porneia that could be translated as fornication, the sex between people that are unmarried. But later on in the Bible, also could be translated by any kind of illicit sexual behavior, such as adultery, homosexuality, lesbianism, sex with animals and things, depravities. In other words, abnormal behavior, indecency. Now, I like this word because indecency is those things that, you sh that should blush you, should make your face red. But now that it becomes part of your lifestyle, you don't even get a shame off. So it is inappropriate. All sexual offenses, whether public or private, natural or abnormal, between married or unmarried people, should be classified as works of the flesh. The second group, he says, idolatry and sorcery. And again, is the attempt of the flesh... In trying to satisfy that cravings for the supernatural. Everybody has this emptiness and this search for something beyond the natural. And is the attempt of without God having a spiritual experience. Through idolatry or even messing up with demons and entities. The works of the flesh can harm our relationships as we're going to see the third group. But mainly can harm our perception of God's presence. Group number three is the longest list. There's no need of explaining anything that is in that list. Enmity, strife, jealousies, outbursts of anger, disagreement, dissensions, 
affections. It is my will and what I met, what matters here is, is how my opinion will be considered and I don't care about you. Let's go to the battle and I'm going to kill you if it's necessary. That's the idea of the works of the flesh. And number four, drunkenness and orgies. Again, everything is the flesh trying to convince us that if I fall, if I walk by these works or practice such attitudes, some actions toward the flesh, I will find some satisfaction, some, some pleasing and, and some meaning apart from God. It is our falling body. It is the unity of my uh, falling soul, my, my misconceptions in my mind, and unfortunately, even in my broken spirit against God. Galatians 5.21, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things or make a practice of doing will not inherit the kingdom of God. He's not speaking about salvation, speaking about the inheritance of the kingdom. It is the reward of the overcomers. Now let's really focus what it matters because that's where Paul spent his time. He speaks about the fruit of the spirit. And again, it is in the singular. It is in the singular because when you receive the spirit, you don't receive the spirit in compartments. You don't receive the spirit gradually. Pay attention on that. You receive the spirit complete. The package, the gift comes ready, ready to use. It comes with all the equipment and all the features you need to have a spirit theory, spirit led life. Come on, somebody. Some people are finding out these features as they walk by the spirit but it doesn't mean that you did not have before there was always there you always had it inside of you and sometimes that's how you feel in my preaching i'm preaching to you and suddenly comes to your mind and said man i knew what pastor is saying i just i just knew what he's saying it just just match it just come together within my heart because i don't know how but i knew already that thing because when you had received the spirit you had re had received the fruit the complete package. And we, we, we cannot separate the verse 14 of Galatians 5 from uh, verse 22. Look, the fruit of the Spirit, verse 22, is love. So it is true to get to make the exegesis, the interpretation of this text, uh, saying that there is only one fruit of the Spirit, which is love, and the sub-products, the results of love is all the other qualities or all the other fruits here, which is peace, patience, joy, kindness, goodness, and so on. Why I say that is because verse 14 says, for the whole law, in other words, the 613 commandments, is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So it is right, it is a good interpretation to take that the only fruit of the Spirit is love. Now let's separate it in groups just to make it easier to understand. The first group is the tripod of grace. I love this tripod, love, joy, and peace. Which again is inevitable to not remember Romans chapter 14. For the kingdom of God, everybody say the kingdom of God. Is not a matter of eating, drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy 
in the Holy Spirit. Again, all the satisfaction that the works of the flesh promise me, meaning sense of, sense of purpose, righteousness, sense of belonging, righteousness, sense that I, 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 I am considered, I'm love, righteousness, the sense of peace uh, inside, inner peace, and peace with my relationships, and peace with God, and joy, satisfying feeling of joy, only I can find walking by the Spirit. Second group, patience, kindness, and goodness. I'm just going to emphasize patience. This is not the natural patience that some people seem to have. By the way, the fruit of the Spirit, or the fruits of the Spirit, you can say fruits, there's no problem. It's, it's not something that is natural with you. It's not something that comes because you were raised in the right family. Okay, this has to be as a result of you being attached to the right tree and you being planted in the right environment, which is the body of Christ. We're going to talk about that. Patience here is long suffering. Kindness here is to see the best in others and circumstances. Even when in the appearance, you can like you cannot find reasons to see that. But goodness means I act towards others and I seek the best for others even when I don't have any retribution or payback. Number three, the third block is faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Faithfulness means I am a trustworthy person. God can count on me. People can count on me. Gentleness and meekness means I'm genuinely humble. So humble that I can say I am humble. And you're not going to be proud saying that. Just like Jesus said. Just imitate me. Just take my yoke because I am meek. So who is humble knows that he is humble. And is able to say that he is humble. Not getting proud or being prideful of that. Now, let me emphasize that because, again, if you're talking about fruits, we have to mention the tree. So I don't know if you make these connections, but that, that's something that I want to encourage you to do as, as we study the Word of God, is to find these connections. Because there was one person that called himself a tree, more specifically a vine. John chapter 15, Jesus said, I am the true vine. Verse 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. So the fruit of the Spirit is not a matter of a branch bearing the fruit by itself but because you are attached because we abide in him and him in us keep reading he is that bears much fruit for apart from me detached from christ you can do nothing anyone can tell when someone is trying so hard to be humble Humility sounds fake when someone is trying to bear fruit detached from Christ. But if you are in Christ, something that is noticeable and is spontaneous in your life. Now, talking about the right tree also make me, made me to think about the right environment. When I speak about the right environment, I'm more specifically speaking of who... You are listening to. Who is influencing you? Now, trees bear much fruit in the right environment. 
I'll ask you, what are you watching? Who is the YouTuber that you really follow? Now, you know what it means, follow and really follow, right? Because you might follow a lot of people in Instagram, but like you don't care much. But there are people there you really follow. You want to dress like them. You want to speak like them. You are really being influenced by those people. And you know what Paul says to the Galatians? And this is a problem among many leaders here. Pay attention, leaders. I'm speaking to myself here. Sometimes brother comes to us and they're struggling with some behavior, some attitudes in their relationship. And we try to help them. So you try and look for what is making him or her keep following, keep, you know, stumble, stumbling into that sinful behavior. You know, you have to, to change the way you speak with your husband. Look, man, you should be more kind to your wife. And we try to fix giving what is making you so sinful, so wrong. Let me give you the reasons and we look the what. But Paul always points to who is making you to behave like that. Look what he says in Galatians chapter 5. You were running well. Who, not what, hindered you from obeying the truth. So instead of looking for what, let me really ask you who you are listening to. Who you are allowing to influence your life. That's the environment that maybe needs to be changed. Are you guys with me? Can I keep talking to you guys for a few minutes? I know they came to this stage, but can you guys be with me? Are you guys with me still? Let's talk something else about environment. Just came to my mind yesterday. You know, my son uh, had an appendicitis uh, crisis in his vacation. Terrible vacation. Uh, yeah, terrible vacation. And we were in a uh, state park. Beautiful waterfall. Beautiful place. But it's a park. And he needed a surgery. Now, I can have a surgery in a state park. Actually, I, have a, I can have a, a surgery in a kitchen. In the bathroom, I can have a surgery anywhere, but it is not the proper environment for a surgery. Are you guys with me? Yeah, I can fix the problem, but it might create deeper, even worse problems. And that's what I want to ask you. Maybe there are some people here trying to fix that marital problem among their divorced friends. Or those that are trying to find purity and godly life among their perverted friends or maybe you are trying to find joy and uh, excitement among drunk depressed roommates so you are trying to fix in the wrong environment it might temporarily bring a relief but honestly it can bring you to a worse state and you begin your journey are you guys with me so environment is very important for a spirit filled spirit-led life change your environment and might resolve most of your flesh problems now how is the how can we actually walk in victory pastor how can we actually deal with the problems of the flesh let me close with that paul closes galatians chapter 5 saying and those who belong to christ verse 24 have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step. Let us also stay on track. Walk with, walk by the Spirit. Number one, simply accept 
the finished work of the cross. The truth that Paul brings is that we are already crucified with Christ. That's why he, he insists in other books of the in other books like Romans, saying that we know that our old self, we we know that our old self, that my flesh was crucified with him. Romans 6 6. So because I know, because I have been identified with the death of Christ, I know my old self together with my sinful desires, my flesh has been crucified. And because I have died, verse 8, Romans 6, I have died with Christ, now I believe that. Now I believe that the life of Christ is within me. If you keep reading Romans, you're going to say, okay, pastor, so that's it? I just believe in the finished work of the cross? Yes, but there is a practical thing you have to do about your belief. He says, now I consider myself dead to sin. I really remember, I, I remember myself that I am dead to sin and alive to God. So it is a life by faith. Which again brings us to Galatians 2 that says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh. I do not live by feelings. Pay attention. You don't, you don't feel that you're crucified. You, you, don't, you don't need to, to have that you know, inspirational moment that you're crucified. But you live by faith. Now, I need to insist that because there's so many people. We live in a generation filled, led, feeling led, emotion led, instead of faith led. But you are a man. The righteous lives by faith. So I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself to me. So the finished work, it is finished. It is complete. It is enough. Okay, Pastor, so I believe, I consider, I believe, I remind myself I am crucified. I don't need to feel that, I just believe. So what? Okay, that's the second part. That's very important. I'm going to close with that, I promise you. Galatians 5, 16. Walk by the Spirit. Verse 25. Live by the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. If I was reading Romans... I will find a different thing. I will find this. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instrument of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God. Say this to the neighbor that is sleeping beside you. Say, present yourself to God. This is how you walk by the Spirit. You believe in the finished work of the cross. Come on, somebody. But you are not passive. You are not naive. You, you understand that you have to come to environments like that. I know it's hot inside, but you came. And it's, it's better than if you be hot outside. Come on. Because you are presenting yourself. You come to the conference. Say amen again. Because you want to present yourself to God. You are placing yourself in the right environment. Because you understood that environment is key for a spirit-filled life. Did you receive any?